Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan, a short-form comic book podcast where my goal is to help you find that next fantastic read or discover an old favorite. I cover comics from the golden age to now, indies, and Kickstarter campaigns. You never know what I might cover, but you will know where to find fantastic comics to read at the end of each episode. It's Friday, September 9th, 2022, episode 66 of the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. And folks, we have another full moon around the corner and time for another werewolf-themed episode. Last month, for the full moon, I had Mark Leslie, the author, talking about his werewolf novel series. It's a different, non-comic book-centric episode, sort of. We're talking about his werewolf novel, Fear and Loathing in Los Angeles, And you wonder, how could that have anything to do with comic books? Well, Mark has been a lifelong fan of Peter Parker and the Amazing Spider-Man. And he takes that mantra, with great power comes great responsibility to heart, in his life and world series. When I started the podcast almost a year ago, I wanted it to be a different type of podcast that covers comics in a different way than other podcasters. Having Mark on fulfilled all those criteria. And I think the episode is fantastic. Comic fans will enjoy the comic book reference and discover a uniquely entertaining world novel. It is episode 58, and there is a link in the show notes. I tend to focus on comic books and keep my personal life out of everything. However, I've made several references to a new job that threw my life into disarray. I'm not complaining about the job because it's a fantastic job. I really like it. However... The hours at times are not always so fantastic. I often work 12 or more hours daily, which doesn't leave much time for other things like running a podcast. I rushed out and put out a companion episode to go along with Mark's episode last month. I introduced my introduction to Manwolf in Amazing Spider-Man 189 and 190. I love it. It's a two-part story by Marv Wolfman and John Byrne. The link to that episode is also in the show notes. Now that Moon Wolf episode, I didn't think would go off all that great. It was really rushed together on my part and just thrown together at the last minute. But it proved to be one of my most listened sold episodes. So go figure. I chose those two issues because it was my introduction to the Man Wolf. And it was a time I was a boy. It was also my introduction to Amazing Spider-Man comic book. And this run right now, all the way through issue 200, stands up decades later. It's a great read, folks. Now for this Full Moon episode, I covered the introduction to Manwolf, not only to the Spidey mythos, but also to the Marvel mythos. Manwolf has a great run of stuff outside of the Spider-Man universe. It's in the middle of Jerry Conway's run of Amazing Spider-Man. It's from issues 124 and 125 from 1973. I understand some newer fans might frown on a Spidey tale so old, but as longtime fans know, the Bronze Age of the Spidey mythos is a fantastic time to read Spidey. Listen to both Manwolf episodes, and I think you'll agree. Folks, if you like this podcast, please spread the word. Recommend it to other comic fans. In the show notes, you'll find a link tree allowing you to easily access the Fantastic Comic Fan on the social media accounts 
and all the various platforms where you can listen to the podcast. Please, so important, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I want the podcast to grow and introduce fans to a different way of covering comic books. Now, let's get on to today's episode. Last month, I covered my introduction to the Man-Wolf from Amazing Spider-Man 189 and 190. This time around, I thought I would go back to the very first appearance of the Man-Wolf. Man-Wolf appeared in June 1973 in Amazing Spider-Man 124 and then again in 125. Early in this part of the Bronze Age, spooky comics were having a renaissance. A few years back, the comic codes, yep, there used to be one, folks, was loosened up and we could have now werewolves and vampires and other spooky things. During this month of June 1973, Marvel had over a dozen spooky-themed titles that month. Now, this is Jerry Conway writing this issue, and he was in the middle of the run. He wrote Amazing Spider-Man from 111 all the way through 149 in 1975. The first thing that struck me is this was three months after the death of Gwen Stacy from Amazing Spider-Man 121 and 122. In the previous issue, we had Luke Cage being hired or trying to be hired by J. Jonah Jameson. And I had to go back and reread The Death of Gwen Stacy. And wow, it was powerful stuff. John Romita Sr. said it was one of the few times that a comic book had hit him emotionally. Now, this wasn't Spidey's first meeting of a werewolf. That literally happened a month before in Marvel Team-Up number 12, which featured Werewolf by Night. Another great series that you check out. Now, this part of Amazing Spider-Man, we had, again, the team of Jerry Conway writing, Gil Kane providing interiors, and John Romita Sr. doing the inking. To me, John Jameson, which is J.J.'s son, has always been an underutilized legacy character. He appeared all the way back in Amazing Spider-Man number one, which might surprise newer readers. As with the later appearance of Man-Wolf in 189-190, we see a different good side of good old J. Jonah Jameson. It makes him seem less cartoony. Back in the Bronze Days, we had the Spider-Man as a Menace, J. Jonah Jameson, which kind of came off a little corny at times. Newer fans who see the relationship between Parker and Jameson have to understand that this more friendlier relationship is new and development of their decades-long relationship that isn't true to what the character J. Jonah Jameson used to be. What older fans will appreciate and newer fans will notice is that Marvel Comics during the Silver Age and the Bronze Age were much more episodic in nature. They almost were like a soap opera where storylines and character arcs continued for not just issues, but years. Today, a lot of comic books are Let's do six issues, package up in a trade format. But I think comics are lacking when they do that too often. Back during the Bronze Age of the Spider-Man tales, you had a very distinctive flavor to the Spider-Man stories. You had J. Jonah Jameson, you had Spidey in college, you had Mary Jane Watson at this time, not quite having the influence over Peter that she does today. As I mentioned earlier, Jonah's son first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number one. He didn't appear again until several years later 
and Amazing Spider-Man number 41. He appears sporadically throughout Spider-Man, but you could never consider him a supporting character. Prior to this issue, he last appeared a few years earlier in Amazing Spider-Man 88. Now, this issue refers to his son at the office where he talks to his father about meeting his new fiance. Now, Peter, he's still grieving over the death of Gwen Stacy and the way J. Jonah Jameson is covering him as a menace. Soon enough, John Jameson turns into the man wolf and goes after his father to Daily Bugle. Of course, Spider-Man shows up, and in a few pages, J. Jonah Jameson realizes that this man-wolf is actually his son. After a brief battle, the man-wolf escapes the Daily Bugle by jumping out of a window. And here again, this is where we see a different side of J. Jonah Jameson. When he tells Spider-Man not to go after the man-wolf, he actually refuses to allow Spider-Man and warns him to not go after the man-wolf. At the end of the scene, after Spider-Man leaves, you actually see a teary-eyed J. Jonah Jameson, which might be the first time you actually see tears in the old guy's eyes. Now this issue, it ends on a perfect cliffhanger. There's Spider-Man sitting on the side of the building, and from the side, the man-wolf gets ready to attack and jump on him. And that's the end of the first part of the story. The second part of the man-wolf introduction is Amazing Spider-Man 125. It may seem odd to readers, but back then, fancy numbering really didn't matter to comic book publishers or to fans. Today, a 125 issue would be triple size, overpriced, and probably not worth the money. Now, this issue, Man Wolf attacks Spider-Man, and their initial battle lasts for a mere four pages. Again, Bronze Age Spider-Man was a very episodic, almost soap opera experience. Here, Mary Jane Watson is not even interested in Spider-Man. In fact, her boyfriend is none other than Harry Osborn, Norman Osborn's son. We also have Flash Thompson, who's been around since Amazing Spider-Man number 15. And we have Randy Robertson, who is also a supporting character at this time. As I stated before, I love Bronze Age Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and the whole supporting cast. Speaking of the supporting cast, let's go back to J. Jonah Jameson, who goes looking for his son at his son's apartment. And again, you see a different side, almost softer side, to good old J.J. The next few pages is the origin of the Man-Wolf. I'm not going to go into much detail because I want you to check this arc out. It's two issues. It's a great story. And I hope you go through and read more of this Bronze Age Spider-Man. But back to the tale at hand. It isn't long before John Jameson turns into the Man-Wolf again. And meanwhile... Spider-Man puts two and two together and figures out that this is the son of J. Jonah Jameson. Once again, get a few pages where they're fighting. Spider-Man realizes how he can stop the man-wolf and does, which I'm not going to tell you how he does it because that would spoil the fun. The issue ends with J.J.'s son supposedly cured. But, of course, we know that's not what happened because he appears many more times in the Marvel Universe. Before I wrap this up, I want to point you to some supplemental material. That is back issue number 60 from Tomorrow's Publishing. If you have never checked out anything from Tomorrow's, you are missing out. Back issue covers the Bronze Age. And in this particular issue, they interview Jerry Conway and talk about the creation of Man-Wolf 
It's a great read. Knowing you get these first two issues of The Man Wolf, but you get a brief history of The Man Wolf overall. Check it out. There'll be a link to tomorrow's in the show notes. J. Jonah Jameson's son appears throughout the Bronze Age and even into the present day. He even spent a little bit of time being She-Hulk's boyfriend, but that's a tale for another time. Check out The Man Wolf. You'll like what you read, and hopefully you'll check out more of his appearances later on in the Bronze Age. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you stick around for future episodes. If you like this podcast, please spread the word. Recommend it to comic fans. With this episode, I've added a link tree to the show notes, allowing you easy access to the comic fan podcast, platforms, and social media accounts. Please follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I want the podcast to grow and introduce fans to a different way of covering comic books. Again, thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Thank you.